Can you hear me now? Yes. Good morning. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you. And thank you, Ernie, for being here. Um, thank all of you for being here. And uh, other people who are online, including Carl, who's watching. I don't know what time it is in Thailand, but Carl's in Thailand, halfway around the world. But because of the miracle of the streaming, we can say hi to Carl there as well. But thank you for our musicians. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you to the altar guild who set the table as we're going to be gathering together to share in the Feast of Victory, this meal that unites us, uh, bread and wine. Uh, the order of service is uh, printed before you on the green part of your bulletin. Everything will be projected for you as well. And um, we're going to start with a little Beethoven this morning, the joyful, joyful, we adore thee. If it's comfortable, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We lift our voices in song, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. of forgiveness and grace. It is your church, and we thank you. For welcoming prodigals home. For welcoming us to the meal. It is your church. And we are your children. Everyone welcome. Everyone equal. Black and white. Republican and Democrat. It does not matter. It should not matter. For this is God's church. Our hymn of praise, I'm so glad Jesus lifted me.
We give you thanks and praise, Lord God, for the dawning of a beautiful new day. Help us to be stewards of the gift of life and help us to be reckless dispensers of grace. Fill this sanctuary with your Holy Spirit that fed and forgiven we might leave this place with a a bounce in our step and go forward to change the world. We pray in the name that is above all others, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. It is me. Oh, good. I thought it was me for a while. Um, So this is the eighth Sunday after Pentecost, and a reading from Matthew 18. Then Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if my brother or sister sins against me, how often should I forgive? as many as seven times? And Jesus said to Peter, not seven times, but I tell you 77 times. And we have a reading from Luke 6. And Jesus said, do not judge. You will not be judged, do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. And now a reading from Colossians 3. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. The word of the Lord. This is another in my series of, occasional series of Bob Dylan songs. This song was written in 1980 during what they called his born again period. And it's one of the most personal songs that he's written. And it's called Every Grain of Sand. He still sings it. When he was in Seattle in June at his two shows here, this was the final song of each performance. There was no encore. He finished with this song, Every Grain of Sand. In the time of my confession In the hour of my deepest need When the pool of tears beneath my feet Flood every newborn sea There's a dying voice within me Reaching out somewhere Toiling in the danger And the morals of despair Don't have the inclination To look back on any mistake Like Cain I now behold these chains of events that I must break In the fury of the moment 
master's hand in every leaf that trembles in every grain of sand oh the flowers of indulgence and the weeds of yesteryear like criminals they have choked the breath of conscience and good cheer. The sun beat down upon the steps of time to light the way, to ease the pain of idleness and the memory of decay. I gaze into the doorway of temptation's angry flame. And every time I pass that way, I always hear my name. Then onward in my journey, I come to understand that every hair is numbered like every grain of I have gone from rags to riches In the sorrow of the night In the violence of a summer's dream In the chill of a wintry light In the bitter dance of loneliness Fading into space In the broken mirror of innocence on each forgotten face I hear the ancient footsteps Like a motion of the sea Sometimes I turn, there's someone there Other times it's only me I am hanging in the balance Of a perfect finished plan like every sparrow falling, like every grain of Yes, thank you, uh, Bob Dylan, and thank you, uh, Arnie. Arnie was pulled off the bench. He was not scheduled to be singing this week. We called him midweek. We had uh, some cancellations, and there he is taking care of us. Thank you, Arnie, always. Yeah, thank you. And at the uh, end of the sermon, you're just going to stay put, and Carl is going to be beamed in to sing for us. So you'll just stay put, and uh, you'll hear Carl sing, Carl and Ron as well. Uh, we're continuing on kind of where we started last week when we were talking about the Lord's Prayer. 
And the disciples saying to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. The topic is prayer. The disciples were not sure how to pray. And perhaps like us, they were not really sure that God was listening, not sure that their prayer worked or made a difference. And what did Jesus do? He gave them a model prayer. It has become the foundational prayer of the Christian church, the Lord's Prayer. We have memorized it. We use it every week in a variety of forms, sung and spoken. And yet we still look quizzically to Jesus saying, Lord, teach us to pray. What should we pray for? What should we expect? If we pray for a car or a mate or a cure, should we expect an answer? The voice of God rumbling from the heavens or a simple email in our inbox? And we wonder, don't we? If anyone is listening, when we fold our hands to pray, we wonder if our prayer does make a difference, and we don't really know how it works, do we? It takes faith to pray, and the truth be known, our faith, mine, and I'm guessing yours from time to time, is shaky at best. Sometimes we don't believe, and sometimes we're kind of overcome with doubt, just as I was about to crawl into bed last Thursday night, I received a text from, from a woman I've known for decades, a woman of faith, and the text said simply this, my faith has been tested. How do I stay the course? You know, faith is a precarious journey. Lord, teach us. Teach us to pray. We much prefer certainty, would we not? To faith. We'd rather know how prayer works, and we would like to know what would qualify our prayers for a good hearing and perhaps redemption. This morning, we consider again the Lord's Prayer, and there's going to be four points and a song. May the Spirit of God lead us. Point one, prayer is mysterious, not magic. Prayer is mysterious, not magic. There is no place for superstition in our Christian belief or practice. Secret words, codes, handshakes, magic spells do not trigger God's favorable response. Sacrifice on the altar, church attendance, Hail Marys, or flowery prayers do not increase your odds of getting what you want from prayer. Prayer is mysterious, not magic. If this is your image of God, let it go. God is not jack-in-the-box, some clown who says, can I take your order and then direct you to the pickup window? Lord, teach us to pray. How does it work? Does it work? Is there anything we can do to increase our odds of having our prayers answered? Well, let's say yes to all of the above. Yes, prayer works. Yes, you can increase the odds of having your prayers answered, which leads us to point two. Prayer is not a spectator sport. 
It is a partnership in participation. You got that? Prayer is not a spectator sport. It is a partnership in participation. We'll go back to that quote from last week from Soren Kierkegaard, the theologian, who said, the function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. So let me see. Let me put it this way. Prayer that does not lead to participation is not likely to lead to progress. The tiny houses. The tiny houses could not have been built without prayer, but they never would have been built by prayer alone. Someone needed a vision, they needed to share that vision, and then others needed to swing hammers or no tiny houses. Prayer must always lead us to participation. Now, we burn very few calories praying. Did you know that? Actually, I looked it up on the internet. We burn very few calories. Praying for weight loss will burn 80 calories an hour. That's the same amount of calories you burn watching Wheel of Fortune. However, prayer combined with a changed diet and increased exercise will move the numbers on your scale down. Prayers answered, thank you, Jesus. You see, prayer that does not lead to our participation is not likely to have a favorable outcome. The prayers of politicians unwilling to act will be of little consequence. And so if you want to change your life and you want to change your life circumstance, then what should you do? You should say your prayers, you should seek God's direction, and then you should get busy. Prayer demands our participation. It is a partnership with God. Prayer works by changing us. Thoughts and prayers that inspire action. That is what is needed in our community and in our world. Thoughts and prayers that lead to more equitable laws, feeding the hungry, caring for the immigrant, the widow, and the orphan. Thoughts and prayers without participation may make us feel better, but they will do little to change our story, and they will not change the world. God is not jack-in-the-box. God does not take our orders and deliver on demand. So point one, prayer is mysterious, not magic. Point two, prayer is a partnership that is dependent upon human participation. Point three, there is no cure for being human. With a shout-out to Kate Bowler, who wrote the book by that title, there is no cure for being human. So no matter how much we pray, no matter how much we love Jesus, we cannot escape our flesh and blood. We cannot escape the realities of living in a fallen world, a world where accident, disease, betrayal, and aging are always close at hand. There is no cure for being human Young and old, rich and poor, we are still susceptible to the calamities of daily life. 
There is no cure for being human. Prayer is not an insurance policy that protects the faithful from natural consequences, natural disaster, or just bad luck. So what does this mean? Quite simply, when life is rough, when things are not going your way, when every day is filled with pain, when it is hard for you to pray, when it's hard for you to pay your bills and loneliness is your only consistent companion, this is not the judgment of God. It is part and parcel of being human, and there is no cure for being human. Just ask Jesus, the one who loved us so much that he became one of us, he took on frail flesh and blood, and he died on a cross. No amount of prayer, no amount of money, no long list of good deeds will allow you or me to escape our humanity. And if some religious goody-two-shoes tells you that your suffering and pain are the will of God, if they tell you that this is God's punishment for your lack of faith or sinfulness, just smile. Wish them a good day and tell them that you'll keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, teach us to pray. Our final point this morning will focus on the smallest words and perhaps the most important words in the Lord's Prayer. The words you may have guessed by now as we. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Two little words. It's a single petition there. It is a sentence that cannot be torn apart, cannot be separated. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You see, forgiveness, it's not a recommendation from God. It's a must. You heard Rocky read it earlier from Paul's letter to the early Christians. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Now, let me be very clear. Our forgiveness from God is not contingent upon our forgiveness of others. But our abundant life is contingent upon the degree to which we can forgive others. You see, the reason forgiving others and being forgiven are in the same sentence is because harm against another is also harm against ourselves. And forgiveness offers healing to the offender and to the offended. And without forgiveness, there can be no human relationship. But wait a minute, Pastor. Doesn't love mean never having to say you're sorry? Honestly, has there ever been a more clueless sentence written by a human being? Really? No human relationship can survive, much less thrive, without forgiveness. Forgiveness given and forgiveness received. 
How often, Jesus? How often should we forgive? Seventy-seven times, Jesus said. Seventy-seven times. If you hold on to the sins of others, what are you doing? You're sentencing yourself to a life sentence, one of bitterness, scorekeeping, and misery. If you refuse to forgive others, then you're making the choice to hold on, to hold on to unpleasant memories, to recall over and over again the moments of intimate betrayal, to live with your eyes and your heart focused angrily on the past. If you refuse to forgive, then you are poisoning your own system with vengeful thoughts and wasting the precious little time that you have left on earth. Waiting for what? For apologies that probably will never be spoken? And when I think of all this, I think of the final words of Jesus up on that cross, and I find them to be very instructive here. Jesus suffering on a cross, an innocent man who had been betrayed by those who were supposed to love him. Jesus had been shamed. He had been shunned. He had been abused. He had been humiliated. And yet Jesus was about to die. And what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How's that for modeling? Jesus refused to take the bitterness to his tomb. He refused to end his life by holding on to the sins of others. And there's more there. They know not what they do. Oftentimes, those who offend us, disappoint us, or betray us are not even aware. They lack self-awareness or the capacity to comprehend how their actions or words affect us and others. They know not what they do. If Jesus is the model of faith for us, if Jesus came to teach us a better way of living and loving, if Jesus taught us anything at all, he taught us that there is no value in hanging on to the sins of others. Do not judge. Forgive as you have been forgiven. No scores to settle, no waiting for apologies that will never come, no exacting a pound of flesh. They know not what they do or they do not care. Either way, don't you carry a toxic brew with you for even one more day. If you refuse to forgive others, then your own burdens will be multiplied. Your burdens will be multiplied, not theirs. Your life will be less than God desires for you. Lord, teach us to pray. Prayer is mysterious, not magic. God is the master of the universe, not some clown who takes our orders. Prayer is a partnership dependent upon human participation. Number three, there's no cure for being human. No prayer will keep us from the perils of aging and death. So live free, enjoy each day, and die with no hard feelings. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So I want to end with the lyrics of the song that Carl and Ron are about to sing for us. If you just close your eyes and listen to these words. When my body won't hold me anymore and it finally lets me free, Will I be ready? When my feet won't walk another mile 
and my lips give their last kiss goodbye, will my hands be steady? When I lay down my fears and my hopes and my doubts, the rings on my fingers and the key to my house with no hard feelings. Carl and Ron are going to sing for us. When my body won't hold me anymore And it finally lets me free Will I be ready When my feet won't walk another mile And my lips give their last kiss goodbye Will my hands be steady When I lay down my fears my hopes and my doubts the rings on my fingers and the keys to my house with no hard feelings when the sun hangs low in the west and the light in my chest won't be kept held at bay any longer when the jealousy fades away and it's ash and dust for cash and lust and it's just hallelujah and love in thoughts and love in the words love in the songs they sing in the church and no hard feelings Lord knows they haven't done much good for anyone kept me afraid and cold with so much to have and hold When my body won't hold me anymore And it finally lets me free Where will I go? Will the trade winds take me south Through Georgia grain or tropical rain Or snow from the heavens? Will I join with the ocean blue or run into the Savior true and shake hands laughing and walk through the night straight to the light holding the love I've known in my life and no hard feeling. Lord knows they haven't done 
much good for anyone Kept me afraid and cold With so much to have and hold Under the curving sky I'm finally learning why It matters for me and you To say it and mean it too For life and its loveliness And all of its ugliness Good as it's been to me I have no invite you to stand as we lift our hearts to God in prayer. Rocky's going to lead us in the prayers. Each petition will end, Lord, in your mercy, and our response, hear our prayer. Let us pray for all people according to their needs. Oh, gracious Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to love. Teach us to live. Lord, in your mercy, help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me to help my neighbor. Help me to help myself. Give us the wisdom and courage to join you, Lord God, in a partnership through abundant life. Lord, in your mercy, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for every gift and every blessing. All of life and all of creation comes to us as a gift. Give us generous hearts that we may live our lives in response to the abundant blessings that we receive every day from you. Blessed to be a blessing. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for those who are sick that we might be a part of their healing. We pray for those who are hungry, that we might feed them. We pray for the homeless, that we may provide shelter. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the war-torn world that we may be peacemakers. We pray for a warming planet Earth that we may in turn be faithful caretakers of the environment. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for unmerited and merciful forgiveness. Set free by your grace, may we in turn learn to offer ourselves and our neighbors unmerited and merciful forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, teach us to pray all these things and whatever else is upon our hearts we entrust to you, knowing that in partnership with you, 
We can change our lives and change our world. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Please share us on a peace and greeting with one another. Thank you uh, for sharing the peace. Thank you for sharing the greeting and peace after service. <laughs> Come on over in the gym for a time of coffee and cookies and fellowship together. Uh, you also can, uh, we have at least one high top out in the, in the uh, courtyard. Be nice out there. Maybe not too warm yet, but uh, get some coffee and cookies and get to know each other better. Look for someone you don't know and get to know them. Um, also, there are t-shirts for sale in there if you didn't know that. Um, <clears throat> those are in there. Um, and we also have books. <clears throat> so if you're looking for summer reading, some really interesting books on the far side. Uh, these are like current books on history and science and U.S. history and a variety of different topics. And if you want one, take one with you or two. Uh, good, good reading for, for the summer. So pick those up as well if you'd like to do that. Lots of announcements printed in your bulletin. Card ministry this week going to Carol and Ron Melver. Uh, Carol and Pastor Ron are, are leaving the island, moving uh, to assisted living in town. It's a tough move. A lot, lot, of, lot of deep roots here. So send them a card. Wish them well. Godspeed. They'll be with us a couple more weeks. And to Arlene Diamond, who uh, continues her recovery and living in town now, uh, send her a card as well. Those cards make a big difference to people. Um, anything else for the good of the order here? Thanks to Verna and Earl for the beautiful flowers. Thank you. Um, and uh, Okay, a word about communion. If you're at home, go ahead and set up communion. Bread, wine, juice, crackers, and join us in communion. You're welcome. And if you're here in the building, here in God's sanctuary, know that you're always welcome because this is not a Lutheran table. This is the Lord's table. And all who come are welcome because there's only one host, and it's Jesus, and he invites you to come. So you'll come down the center aisle and we will be there to serve you. You'll receive the host. Hold on to it momentarily. 
and then you'll dip it and tinct it into the chalice of your choice. The first chalice will have wine. The second chalice will have grape juice. We also have gluten-free. If you'd like gluten-free, let the servers know. So all are welcome, always. And now, if it's comfortable, as we move towards the table, I would invite you to stand. We gather now at a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table that will welcome Christians of a variety of colors and denominations all across the globe this day. As we do so, we remember a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was Holy Week. It was the night in which he was betrayed. And on that night, our Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and then gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and gave thanks. And he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray. Our Father, These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. You may be seated. Okay. Let's rock in.
comfortable, I invite you to stand. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Fed and forgiven, go out those doors to make a difference in the world. Find your own places of ministry and service. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending hymn, Let All Things Now Living.